This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. I got an exciting show for you today. I teased it on this morning's daily financial news. And this is going to be someone who follows the channel and has achieved financial independence by 40. Yes, you heard me right. He achieved financial independence by 40. He's also a commissioned Navy officer and a follower of the channel. Let's welcome Rolled into the show. How you doing, sir? Very well, Michael. Thank you for having me in this morning. Thank you. Oh, thank you for reaching out. I love to share stories. You never know who you can inspire. Uh, so I love anybody who's watching this that has a great real estate story. Reach out. Let's get you interviewed, uh, enrolled, and thank you for doing that. that. That is awesome. So let's introduce the audience to who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll get started. Yes, sir. So my name Roldan Crespo. Um, first of all, I'm not I'm not Russian or anything <laughs> like that with my accent. Uh, pretty much born and raised in Puerto Rico. Uh, came to the United States about 15 and a half years ago, right after finishing college in the University of Puerto Rico. Uh, relocated to Tampa, Florida. I mean, with a lot of dreams, you know, pursuit of the American dream, a better quality of life, opportunities. Uh, well, all my family is still in the island. And until today, they're still in the island. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, shortly after, pretty interesting story. I thought $800 were going to last forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. When those, those savings start running out, I just needed to find a job right on the corner within walk distance on a, on a convenience store. And that's pretty much how my journey started here in the U.S. Uh, that's amazing. A few months later, I was able to receive an opportunity as a social worker for the Hillsborough County school system. And uh, yeah, since, since then always it's been progress and moving forward. But I knew very clearly that I'd, I wanted something more. And one day I came across a Naval officer. And we started talking very informally about life in general. And he offered me the opportunity to, to join the armed forces back in 2009. So I did my diligences and um, I got selected for the officer candidate school program in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, since then, I have not turned back. Been, uh, that is awesome. Thank you. And for anybody watching this that has served, is serving or will serve, um, serving in the American uh, Armed Forces is something that I will always respect. Uh, it's actually where my mother and father met mom's in the Navy, was in the Navy, father, I guess you're always a Marine is what I'm told. Uh, right. So he's always a Marine. Um, and again, I wouldn't be here without those two meeting, uh, you know, to serve. So uh, it, it's always a special spot. So thank you for that. Uh, why don't we talk about, so now you're, now you're quote unquote employed, you have a career, right? Being a Navy officer, you know, it's very likely you'll do what's called your 20, right? To use <laughs> slang, uh, which means you get a pension, I guess is what it's called when it's over. Um, but when does when does this financial independence kick in? Because yes, being an officer is a, uh, in the Navy is a great career, 
but financial independence by 40, you know, that, that journey starts somewhere. So where, when, where does that fire begin? Yes. So I would say it was in my mid twenties, probably 25, 26 years old, which, which was a few years before, before joining the armed forces. Um, I grew up in a very humble family. Uh, sometimes you, your story relates with mine because uh, my, my mom pretty much was, I mean, everything for us. She, she worked very hard to raise three children. And since a very young age, pretty much I started to work kind of like instead of her buying me expensive shoes, if I needed the Nike flights where I needed to mow the grass, I needed to wash cars from my relatives. Yeah. And, uh, understand how to pretty much save money and spend it wisely and things like that. So I think because I started very, very young by my mid twenties, I was kind of like getting burned out of working mm -hmm. for others. And um, uh, tracing back a little bit, my maternal grandma, I never seen her work oh. for anybody, but she owned rental properties. And that did not seek sink in with me until maybe my early 20s and that pretty much showed me that there were other ways to self-sustain that's um, very cool so let's talk about grandma for a, a little bit yeah so i'm assuming it was in puerto rico right, correct she owned and do you remember her or did you go with her to like work on the properties or uh, you know, collect rent or, you know, yes. was she acting? Okay. So let's talk about that. Cause that's, you know, that's, that's precious. Yeah. So I'm the eldest of three grandchildren. And maybe because of that, I was always the first one to get exposed to certain things, but yeah, I remember on, on summer breaks or on long weekends, helping her doing something. Yeah about the rental properties, you know, even pulling weeds or rearranging things or painting walls. And and she didn't compensate us that great, but candies <laughs> were awesome always. So hey candies I, candy is currency when you're young. <laughs> oh yeah. At the age of seven, eight years old, you, you don't ask for anything better. Yeah. And that kind of stuck with us because at times my mom went through some difficult financial times in the mid 80s, late 80s. And my grandma was always there to, to somehow back her up. Uh -huh. And later on, I understood was from rental income. Yeah. So that, that really stuck with me. Um, I saw that she had the ability to pretty much travel whenever she wanted. Or is that sort of really freedom? Yeah. So let's, let me tie this together. So, so you get exposed to your gr maternal grandmother at before you're 10, mm -hmm. you're, you're enlisted as cheap labor while, mm -hmm. as you're a child, you then go to university at, in Puerto Rico, you graduate, you move to the continental U S right. Tampa. Uh, right. you, you, you think you're going to live on a hundred bucks forever. Not, not <laughs> happening. Uh, you get, you know, you get a, a job right at a convenience store. Then you are helping kids and right. then you get into the military. Okay. I, right. That's the story, right? To where we got. So yeah, when, pretty uh, much. when does the idea for you go, okay, I, I, I'm now 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. I need to do what my grandma did. When, when does yeah. that light bulb go off? 
So just before I joined the military, I was at the point of deciding, okay, do I pursue my master's degree? So I increase my income because I have more education. So I can save more and invest, start investing more aggressively. And at the time is when the opportunity to join the armed forces comes up. And I learned that as a, as a naval officer, we get promoted automatically the first six years, every two years. So I saw that as an opportunity to, okay, if I adjust my expenses and I adapt my lifestyle, all my pay increase is money that's gonna be working for me. And that's pretty much what I did my first uh, six years very intentionally. And uh, matter of fact, for anyone out there serving in the armed forces, I challenge them, right? We, we actually get two pay increase every year. The day we enlisted or joined the forces and whenever we get promoted. But not even that, our president increases the armed forces salary every January 1st. Nice. It might not be much, but it's something. So I put that money to work for me. That is very, see, this is, I love this story, right? Um, because one of the things you, you know, I talk about all the time is not having lifestyle creep, which means when your income goes up, your expenses don't. And the more time goes by, the larger that gap becomes, which means it falls to the bottom line, you save it. And then if you start doing your homework, you can invest it. And then your money is working as hard as you are, which is really the key to this story. Correct. Very so good. at the time, I always thought I could go back to Puerto Rico. Um, many people told me, okay, you're going to do 20s. And I was like, well, might, might not. Um, never has been my motivation. My motivation has been more like by, by age 40, we completely financially independent, made my own decisions. So I started investing in properties in Puerto Rico, uh, small single family rentals. Eventually I was able to even buy all the properties from my grandma through pretty much uh, seller financing terms. Shout out grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks to her, right? Uh, I accelerated my portfolio. Yeah. But, um, when, when it comes the time to be not only a landlord, but someone who is making a difference in the community, I, I think there's no better vehicle than real estate because it allows me to, to directly impact families uh, from, for generations, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, one of the things, you know, one of the by, well, let's just have this conversation. Most people get into real estate investing because of money right? Whether it's quick profits with a flip or a wholesale, or there's visions of retirement and mailbox money. That's, that's the vision that sparks interest. But when you're in the game, maybe at least five years, you realize that you are truly impacting neighborhoods. And when you impact neighborhoods, you impact families. And you're right, this, this can go on for generations. So, um, I applaud you for that. So let's talk about Puerto Rico a little bit. I've been there twice, I think. Um, it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful area, uh, but I have no idea what real estate costs. So can you talk about maybe your first deal that you bought just so I have some context? Yeah, so I uh, think it has to depend, like you very well talk, 
it has to do about the local market. So yes. I particularly invest in the area where I grew up, in the center of the island, in the mountains area. So uh, very humble uh, beginnings, right? There are neighborhoods, but uh, I guess the acquisition over there does not compare anywhere with uh, the main cities like in the capital, San Juan, or surrounding cities like Bayamon or Carolina which those tend to be a little bit more similar on prices to suburban here, United States or, or Florida, which is the market that I know the most. But uh, my, my, my first property um, in the mid 30,000s, uh, two bedrooms, one and a half bathroom, very accessible, uh, pretty much all cash from, from savings, which immediately, uh, is that kind of gratification of full cash flow. Yeah. There's all this residual income, which I simply put to work into the properties or continue increasing my savings for the next opportunity. Yeah. So, so let's break this down a little bit because I, I really want to peel this back a little bit. So yes. first and foremost, how long did it take you to save 30 grand? Because that's that's that needs to be respected, right? That likely took you years. How how long did that take? Yes, a little bit over two years yeah. after joining the armed forces. So yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I remember because my first promotion to lieutenant junior grade, uh, that was kind of like a, a treat for myself. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so it took you a couple of years. So again, people realize that this game, learning a market, looking for deals, it can take time because. You know, we all have to save and have the down payment or in this case, cash purchase. So uh, 30, 30 grand, two bedroom, one and a half bath um, in the mountains, it sounds like. Now, yeah. I don't know what that means in the mountains. Does that mean like? Um, Very rural, yeah. mostly okay. farms, uh, population of greater than 12,000 people. What did, what did you area. get rent for that? Oh, $350 a month. Score 350 bucks. Okay. Now, when you <laughs> bought it, was it, um, did you have to invest in it or was it already habitable? It was habitable. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. So you, so you bought it for 30 grand, you started renting for 350. So 350 times 12, it's like 4,200. So, you know, that's, you know, taxes and all that stuff. So it's, it's a 10%, 8% yield, something like that. That's yeah. Good. Very, very cool. Okay. Um, now I'm curious, could you have gotten a loan on it or because of the small amount or because it's in Puerto Rico, a loan wasn't an option? I, I have no idea. Yeah, it would have been very difficult. It would have been more like a personal loan ah. and the interest rates would have been mm, silly. Nothing like a, yes, okay. mortgage. All know. right. So you, so you get your first deal done. You're now a landlord. You're in Puerto Rico uh, that you're feeling good. What year yes. was this? Uh, 2012. Yes, sir. Okay. 2012. Uh, I remember Puerto Rico and forgive me. I just remember mem from memory was hit by a pretty nasty hurricane. Correct. 2017, okay. the most recent one. So, yeah. so let's talk about that. So how many properties did you have before the hurricane? Um, seven. Okay. Uh, and again, forgive me. I'm just going from what I saw on the news, the hurricane comes, um, you've got to be, well, first off, you got to be afraid for your family, right? Cause you said oh, yeah. your family's on the Island. So let's give that a shout out. Uh, but then once you figure out everybody's okay, then you probably as a landlord are going, oh, my house is still there. Right. I mean, right. So how does that happen? You, you send a family member, Hey buddy, 
Go see if my seven houses are still there. Yes. My mom happens to be my property manager as well. Uh, she pretty much does does everything. Um, yeah, it was very scary. I had just made it about three weeks into Japan. Uh, and uh, there was also the time difference and the lack of communication. So it was a little bit difficult. But um, everyone was safe. Uh, the, the properties are built on concrete. And we live on high ground, so no issues with flooding or the, the ocean taking over. We live in the center of the island and where most of my tenants live. So no, no big losses. Okay, good. Um, do you have, did you have, I, I don't know what it's, is there such a thing as hurricane insurance? I mean, is there, do you have that? Yes, there, there's insurance. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I did. I didn't know. I don't have hurricanes in Fresno, California, so I have no idea. <laughs> All these new things I'm learning. All right. So you survived the hurricane. Uh, okay. Um, financially, yes. Yeah, financially. Okay. And then you know, kind of the aftermath, you know, after all the horrible of no electricity and food and water, which was just tragic. Uh, I don't think we, the continental U.S. did enough to help Puerto Rico. I'll just put that on record. Um, but I believe there were some tax incentives created to buy more real estate, I believe. Did you, is that right. true? Do I remember that right? Yes. I have looked into that opportunity zones. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no applicable for uh, Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, okay. Very good. All right. So, um, so 2017, so I guess one thing I failed to ask, so you had seven houses in 2017. What was your total rent collection roughly at that point a month? Uh, close, close to 4,000. Okay. So about 4,000 gross, about 50 K yes. a year, roughly. Um, yeah. so now when do you achieve financial independence? What, when, when does that happen? Uh, so I came from a two years deployment in Asia. Mm -hmm. and that was a, a time of uh, pretty much pause all real estate investments. And I just came back on February, 2019. Okay. So a little bit over a year ago. And I invested some more in Puerto Rico and I started investing here in Jacksonville, oh, wow. Florida, where I'm currently stationed. And yeah, I mean, not not many debts, right? Uh, yeah. Only good debt out there. So I felt pretty comfortable to to pull the trigger and request the transition to civilian. Mm -hmm. I would say I financial independence was achieved about solid about eight months ago. That is awesome. Well, first off, congratulations. Financial Thanks. independence takes planning, solid execution, yes. and time. Everybody wants it today or they want it yesterday. It takes time. Discipline. So, and discipline. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Consistency and discipline. Yeah. So eight months ago, you had, what, what did you have? So you had at least seven in Puerto Rico. Sounds like you had a couple more. Right. What, I had what, uh, 10 in Puerto Rico, three here in Jacksonville, and a few more on the making. Wow. Here in Jacksonville. So in Jacksonville, um, tell me about your first deal in Jacksonville. Uh, that was a joint venture. So I studied the market for a while. I was stationed here previously from 2009 through 2013. But uh, kind of like uh, that 
back of my head, I'm gonna return to Puerto Rico someday. Right. Uh, so I continue. I start investing in Puerto Rico, but at the same time, exploring, learning the market here, seeing some of the similarities as far as acquisition. Wow. I think one of the beauties of, of this part of Florida is uh, rents are pretty much above the medium okay. compared to other parts of, of Florida, like South Florida or Central Florida. Okay. But, but the acquisition is much more um, manageable, accessible. So what was that first deal? 100 grand, 80 grand? Uh, 50. Five zero, wow. 50 grand. All right, so what'd you buy for 50 grand in Jacksonville? Uh, a corner, one storage townhouse, two bedrooms, two bathrooms. Okay. So what, yeah. uh, so, so 50, was this cash again or did you get a loan? Cash. Dude, you are a cash machine. Congratulations. You're saving, well, saving and saving. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And it's a joint venture. So maybe not venture. all your, yeah, maybe not all your cash. Okay, so 50K, right. what did it rent for? Uh, right now it's for renting for 1,040. Wow, 50K purchase, 1,000 rent, 1,000. I put about 21 on renovations. Oh, okay, so it yeah. needed work, right? Make ready, right? Okay, so. Yeah, but make ready for hopefully the next 20 years. <laughs> Amen to that. And you also said it was a townhouse, so it probably means you have homeowners association or HOA? Right, with no HOA. Oh, you don't have any HOA? No. Oh, okay, cool. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. It's 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 like a it's like a mortgage you can't pay off. Yeah, very very cool. All right, so uh, now you have so you have financial independence now. Eight months ago, forty five. Congratulations. Um, what's the future hold? Because again, you're not retiring early, right? You're going to keep going. You're just no. you have time is your call. You have your choices. Um, I'm going to guess since you're eleven years into your career, you're probably going to complete your twenty. Correct. By the time I finish this next commitment, I'll be close to the 15 years mark. Yeah. So most rather yeah, do why not? a few That's more it. tours. and. Yeah. I've known many military <laughs> folks who've done their 20 and they're very happy that they did. So thank you for your service. Uh, you. But I guess the real estate front's not going to stop, right? You have bigger visions and plans there as well? Yes, definitely. I have met uh, phenomenal people here in the Northeast Florida, in the Jacksonville market, more specifically, where... We, what started from a joint venture have, has grown to, uh, I mean, pretty much exploring now the new construction aspect. Wow. So acquiring lots of very, very discounted prices. And, uh, it's all about networking. Yep. Talking to the right people, uh, showing the credibility that, that comes with about 10 plus years of experience investing. And uh, yeah, we, we have decided to uh, establish a new company, mm -hmm. start doing new construction, affordable, quality uh, housing for That's blue, blue dollars families. That is awesome. So as we kind of wrap this up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize what I took away from this conversation, but I'll ask you for what are your keys? Because people, people need to hear this story, right? Coming from Puerto Rico, financial independence by 40, it's, it's awesome. This is what I took away. Um, in, in your example, uh, first and foremost, financial independence is achievable. It's achievable yes. for anyone if they decide to work at it, right? It's a plan, it's execution, it's making hard choices, right? As your income rose, you chose on purpose to save the additional funds and live consistently. 
it's frankly what I tell high school seniors all the time. If you can live on two grand a month, which every high school senior says yes, because they have no idea what stuff costs. Right. right. You can be financially free in five years, right? 2000 bucks is not much, you know, in rental properties to make happen. So financial independence is possible. You have to make a choice. It has to be consistent. Um, you can do it anywhere. You, you, you did it in your uh, home of Puerto Rico. You've now brought it back to Jacksonville. And once you're, what, the last thing I'll say is once you have financial independence, options open up, right? You're talking yeah. about doing new construction. You're talking about joint venturing. Once you have the freedom where the pressure of paying your monthly bills is off you, it's amazing what could happen. Creativity, network, and just future <laughs> options. So that's what I took from the conversation. What, what would you like to tell people as we wrap this up? So uh, I read a lot. Uh, one of the ways I learned English was reading the booklets on the CDs ah. and reading closed caption on cable TV. Uh, so back then, on my teenager's years, started with the mindset started like being intentional about where do I want it to be. Not necessarily knowing where I was going, but I knew where I wanted to be. And as, as time comes, right, I didn't grow up in the perfect environment. Uh, things were not handed to me. So I think, I think we could be there our major obstacle or our, our major drive needs to come within us because people can read that and when you come across with integrity with that drive that desire to succeed those who surround you will pick on that and they're gonna give you that lift so i think i've been very lucky but i know have also put the work into it so i encourage anyone who had the aspirations to achieve whatever they want to achieve that might be impossible. I, I challenge them and tell them that it's possible. Surround yourself with the right people, uh, behave in ways of integrity and keep a positive attitude. And definitely, definitely things are attainable. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much for all you do. Again, thank you for serving. Uh, I, pre I love this conversation. Was, you're, you're, you're one of my heroes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Thanks for everything you put out there for those of us who are experienced, for those who want to start it but don't know even where to start. Thanks for all the content you put out on a daily basis. You got, it. you got it, man. Thanks again.